Two Pills podcast. In our Two Pills tips, we briefly go over a topic in teaching, such as an active learning strategy, innovation in ed tech, or another current event in health sciences education. These episodes are shorter than our full interview episodes, so hopefully you can listen to them on your way to class. If you have an idea for a Two Pills tip or someone who we should interview on our regular episodes, please send us an email at twopillspodcast at gmail.com. That's T-W-O pillspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Two Pills Podcast or on our website. As a disclaimer, I am not claiming to be an expert on any of these ideas that we're going to discuss, and all of this information is freely available online. Check out our website, twopillspodcast.com, for links to resources. So today, we're going to talk about stepping away from the podium as a presenter. This presentation is inspired by a recent conference where I was a speaker, and all of the other speakers that I saw were fantastic. Um, I knew a lot of them. They're great. They're so knowledgeable. And they all did use some kind of active learning. I will say of the people that I saw, it was almost exclusively the use of audience response systems, things like clickers, poll everywhere, and things like that. So essentially using multiple choice questions, checking in with your audience as you go through. The rest of it was in PowerPoint, um, everyone's, myself included. And so just to kind of set up how everyone set up their presentations. What I think made my presentation successful is that I had real over-the-counter products that the audience could see and touch and read about on their labeling. So I did use audience response, but I also used open-ended questions to the group, and I think that can be really effective. But I think the thing that was most effective with using the products is that I had designed a small group discussion in the middle in which the everyone in the audience got into groups and they had to hypothesize the uses of the products and then also how they would counsel patients about the products. I think this went particularly well because it was a group of all kinds of providers from physicians to pharmacists to PAs, nurse practitioners, etc., um, nurses as well. Um, who, so it was a whole group who didn't know each other very well. You know, it was unlike teaching a classroom of students who have been sitting together for three years. I think that this presentation is very different than one maybe I would have done when I first started teaching. I think especially as new faculty, we feel like, okay, we have a two-hour time slot, and so we need to deliver all of our information within that allotted time and prepare the students for the exam, and that is our job. But really what I would encourage you and I'm sure what most of you think about if you're listening to this podcast is that so much more can come from your audience. I think this particularly applies to a conference setting because everyone in the group, no matter what conference, is going to have varied experiences and levels of experience. So by stepping away from the podium and allowing your audience to interact with each other, You as the presenter can detect some common themes. So you can see, okay, everyone already knows all about this, but maybe they don't know or maybe they misunderstand this other concept. And you can really get a sense of that by walking around as the presenter and listening to that small group discussion. The other nice thing about including additional active learning strategies in your talk is that it really breaks up your presentation. For me personally, I was the very last talk of a very long day of programming. So if I just went and stood up and preached at the podium for an hour, that was not going to be well accepted and everyone would just go home. 
So I really encourage you to step away from the podium and involve your audience. It'll be more enjoyable and informative for all involved. Plus, it really plays on our natural attention spans, which we're going to talk about now. So one of the reasons that I think we all start off with lecture is because that's what we've seen. Um, so yeah, there's a great quote that universities were founded in Western Europe in around the year 1050, so the year 1000. And unfortunately, lecturing has been the predominant form of teaching ever since. So basically, almost a thousand years of lecturing, which is why we all do it. There's another great quote that it's almost unethical to be lecturing if you have data about active learning. It's an abundance of proof that lecturing is outmoded, outdated, and inefficient. In particular, for our health science learners, these guys are really self-directed, they're problem-centered, they're going to have to solve problems in their career, and they prefer active involvement. Our millennial learners are participatory, and they prefer to assemble information, plus they need to recall a ton of information that's practical prior to their exams and in their career. One of my favorite meta-analyses was in the STEM field, and so you're probably in this field if you're listening to this podcast, but maybe not. Um, So it's within the science, you know, engineering math um, program. So this was a meta-analysis of 225 undergraduate STEM studies, and they compared student performance when exposed to traditional lecture versus lecture with active learning. And this was published back in 2014 by Freeman and colleagues. So they compared student performance when exposed to traditional lecture versus lecture with active learning. So interestingly, if lecturers included any active learning, exam scores overall went up by 6%, and the student's letter grade went from a C plus to a B minus. And this was the inclusion of any active learning at all. So really interesting that out of 225 studies, we were still able to see a significant difference by including any amount of active learning compared to those that are just straight lecturing. So you may be thinking, okay, we hear a lot about active learning. What does that mean? What's the difference? What are some differences between active learning and lecturing? Well, active learning is really student-centered while our lecturing is teacher-centered. You know, if you're doing a straight lecture, everyone's looking at you. Versus active learning, you're really getting your audience, which is often your students, involved. In active learning, you have your knowledge structures are changing versus in lecturing, it's really a lot of passive learning and memorization. In active learning, especially if you're using things like cases, it's really contextualized knowledge. Um, So you're learning things in context versus passive learning, maybe kind of a list of facts. Active learning is typically in small groups. Active learning includes dialogue versus lecturing. Your audience is just listening to you. And then active learning is often transformational learning. As I mentioned, we were briefly going to talk about attention span. So in traditional lecture, if you have a one-hour lecture, 10 minutes that time, your audience is going to have low attention. About 20 minutes of that time, your audience is going to have high attention. But then the other half, so 30 minutes, your audience is going to have weak attention. So what you can really do with active learning is break all that up. And maybe you have some lecture, but you also have an active learning strategy. You have small group discussion. You have poll questions or audience response questions. And that helps to break up that attention so your audience isn't trying to focus on you for a straight hour. 
There are tons of types of active learning. I know we've talked on this podcast about things like card games and um, different uh, types of active learning. They range from simple things like having a minute paper um, or self-assessments as well as large group discussions. Think, pair, share is a classic. You can have then you go uh, as you go towards complexity, things like small groups, case studies. I think we do a lot of those in health sciences. Doing an interactive lecture with various types of audience response technologies. You can do games and simulations. Those become more complex as well as things like role-playing. You can do a jigsaw discussion where everybody brings a different piece of the puzzle to the lecture. And then all the way up to things like experiential learning where the students are really being part of the team as some of the most complex forms of active learning. So in summary, I would suggest just trying one of these. If you aren't um, using active learning yet, maybe try it. Or if you are, maybe try something new and see how that works for you as far as really enhancing your teaching and stepping away from the podium. Thanks for tuning in to Two Pills Podcast.